and opinionated. Of course, my name is Edwin Meyer, and I am your host for the show tonight. Um, today um, is an amazing day. Um, I have Kamara Moba, who's going to be joining me shortly. Um, we're going to be talking about her, um, basically how her life changed, how she took a leap of faith. She moved from um, Virginia, moved to um, Georgia, and now is doing some great things. And with all that being said, I also want to say, you know, happy International Women's Day. So all the international ladies around the world, to all the mothers, sisters, daughters, and all the people around the world. Of course, I know everybody and their mother and their father and their grandmother watched the interview, the amazing interview of Oprah, uh, Meghan, and Prince Harry. So uh, we all have different thoughts. I mean, on social media, the trend has been trending. I mean, so many people have had their uh, um, their opinions about it. I have had my opinion. I wrote an entire essay on Facebook. I mean, on my uh, 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 um, on a, uh, the conversation Instagram page, we talked about it um, on my personal Instagram page. There was something about it. So this interview has touched everybody in the world. And I think it's time, I think for me personally, and my opinion about this interview is that it's about time that somebody called that racism when it comes to this when it comes to monarchy, I would say it that way. Because I think what we fail to understand is that monarchy is the highest peak when it comes to colonialism. And for those who are part of, you know, you're part of countries that have been colonized by Britain, you will understand. And so for me, my personal opinion is that um, this, is, this isn't new. I think this is just, just happened and I think for us to understand it and see it unfold and coming from somebody who is a part of the family who is Harry to speak on it, I think that's why it's so it has blown all over the world. But it's not new. I think this is something that they've been doing for centuries. I think this is something that they've been doing for years. And so it's about time that they decide to do something about it. Um, in my, I'm still trying to understand and wrap my brains around the fact that Megan started dating Harry. She went into the palace or went into Buckingham Palace and not really, really understanding what she was getting into. I might be totally wrong, um, but this is still don't understand that. That does not negate uh, her abuse and everything that happened to her. It's unfortunate that those things happened to her. It's unfortunate that, th that they did all those things to the little baby because at the end of the day, I think he is the person that's affected most in this situation because Harry was born into it, um, Megan accepted or get married into it, but that child was just born into it. He had no say. He just came in and then this happened to him. And for me, the trauma that affects this entire situation, I don't think people understand, but this is going to be a continuous trauma for Megan, Harry, Archie, and the unborn child. They will live this experience for the rest of their life. This child will understand that people, his own family did not like him because of the skin, because of his skin color. It's it's confusing. I I don't really understand it because I didn't understand what they expect when they allow their grandson or their son or their brother to get married to this girl. But anyway, that's besides the fact. Um, this is what it is. I think um, as more people talk about it, this will go out. Um, for Pierce Morgan, I don't know how many people, well, I just don't care about him. I think he's an extreme racist. I think he 
played it out on international TV for everybody to see. And this is not his first time. For those who have had the opportunity to see him on a Celebrity Apprentice, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so we'll just leave that there. Um, going into the same situation today, um, yesterday on the talk with um, Cheryl Underwood and Mrs. Osborne, for some reason, her name just flew out of my head. Um, I think Cheryl was extremely composed for that conversation. I think the fact that um, Sharon kept on needed her to state the fact and explain where she ever seen Pierce um, uh, um, being uh, um, making a racist comment is the worst part of it. Because what I realize is, can you imagine? I think this is something that happens all the time. I think when people make certain racist comments or they say certain things that is connected to racism and when you call them out, they're like, but what did I say? They, they, they fail to understand that in that moment, you are dealing with the situation, you're dealing with what they already have said, but you need to pinpoint and explain to them what they just did was racist or what part of their life or what part of their conversation uh, um, it's racist. And I think that for me is where I really give it to Cheryl because for her to compose herself, respond to Cheryl in a way she did, I take off all my hats for her. I want to live to be like her. I want to be able to conduct myself in that manner, in this Black Lives movement, movement manner, in this manner where uh, black women are standing up for themselves and they are not taking the from anybody else for her to really compose herself and answer and be as clear as she was. I am super, super proud of her. And so um, if you guys haven't seen the clip, I will ask you, you can go on out to our Instagram page on um, the conversation. Outspoken and opinionated, it's there. Um, you will be able to see it. Um, there's a little clip of the entire conversation between um, Sharon Osborne and Cheryl Underwood on the talk. Um, again, I say to you guys, uh, racism is serious. I think we need to educate ourselves. We, um, I think um, the fact that we have given people think that we as Black people need to take the responsibility to educate them is where I'm confused. Because I think in 2021, people need to understand what they're saying and the effects of what they say and how, they, how their thoughts or what they say or how they say it affects other people. I think, and that's the reason why, because for Sharon, Sharon is a white woman and she have never experienced racism. So for her to sit there and ask Cheryl, to pinpoint what Pierre said and to find whatever he said that is racist, that is racist, that's where I was upset because I'm just like, girl, you're not going to do that right now because this woman has no idea. She not no idea, but she doesn't need to do that to prove anything because if we all listen to, we listen to him, He's been hunting Megan from the day, I believe, Megan got into the palace or from the day she started dating this man. He's been hunting her. And now he just came out playing, playing and said that everything that girl went through is a lie. And I think for him to say that neglected fact, I think that's the issue. Because the issue is, will he have said, said that if it was a white woman? 
well, would be here if it was a white woman. So I think that's very important. I took off all my hats to Megan, like she said in an interview. You know, it's hard for you to ask for help. And for some of us who are from other parts of the world, especially for us who are from Africa, it's hard for you to ask for help, especially when it comes to mental health. And for her to do that is really was really, really deep. I, I am proud of Harry, uh, Prince Harry, for um, taking his wife and kid out of that situation because I can't tell you, I don't know. I have no experience with the Royals. Um, just, I study them. I read, read about them a lot. I watch the crown. And so for me, it's just like, wow, I don't understand how people did not know that there was some sort of racism or some sort of sexism or some sort of colonialism or something. Just, just, the, just the, like, I don't understand how people didn't know that right. here. We're going to have Kamara coming in. Kamara, Kamara Moba is uh, a photographer who has an amazing studio in Atlanta, Georgia. She started off in Virginia. Her, her hobby has turned into an amazing work. Um, she's also the owner of the project 1000 Women. And when she joined the show, she's going to she's going to let us know. She's going to let us know what the 1000 Women tour is. And so, um, you know, um, for those who are watching, if you have questions or anything, we can go ahead and start. The questions can start coming in. Kamara is going to be here soon. But, you know, I um, this week has been, you know, this week has been an amazing week. I think there's so many things that have been happening. I think with the, you know, with the news of Harry and Meghan and everything else that has happened um, around the world. I think we forget to understand that we're still in a pandemic. Uh, we coronavirus is still alive, even though they're from the vaccine. There are people who are going out and getting vaccinated. We're asking that everybody still, you know, protect yourself. I know for us in Maryland, they've given us opportunity for 50%, 50% um, in restaurants and sports activities and all that stuff. And I know people are ready to go out. I am ready to go out. I'm ready to have some good time. I have said this already. I think when I, you know, when we're able to get out 100%, I think I'm just gonna get a hotel room and just sleep in DC. Just have a good time. That's what's gonna happen. Like no lie. But you know, um, as we, as we uh, get back into um, the normal life, well, what I would say, I think mask wearing is gonna be part of our normalcy. I think this is the norm. I think we need to embrace it and understand that um, something um, tragic has happened. I think we've lost so many lives. I don't think there's anybody who haven't who don't know somebody who died from from the coronavirus or who had the coronavirus. So I think this is something that we should take um, serious. This is something that we should be able to understand know. that it is important that, uh, you know, if for those, like I always say, for those who don't want to take the vaccine, you don't have to take the vaccine. But for us who are willing to take the vaccine, um, you should. Um, have these conversations with your family members. I think this is a conversation that needs to be had within families because some we all have elderly people in our families, we have kids in our families, we interact with other people. And so we really, really, really need to have these conversations on who's gonna take the vaccine and who's gonna take the vaccine and why would she take the vaccine, uh, uh, um, the effects of the vaccine, what happens when you take the vaccine, um, all these things, people need to have these conversations because these are conversations that are not hap happening in families and I think we should have this conversation in families. And so I strongly encourage everybody, no matter what the situation is, no matter what you guys think about, you should go ahead and have the conversation about the vaccine. Are you guys going to take it? Are you guys not going to take it? Uh, but we're still here, um, you know, um, as strong as Americans are, as strong as people in the world are, 
I think um, for those who have made, for those who are still going through or have made it through, we should understand that this is important. This is important. The pandemic is not a joke um, for us who are, you know, planning on traveling. I put all my hands up. If I could put my feet up, I'll put my feet up, but I need to travel. I don't know about you guys, but I need to travel. I am tired today. I had a conversation with my, um, I was in a conversation with my boss and everybody else. And I, and they said, do you have a last thing? I said, yes, I do. And they're like, what? I'm like, I need to get back in the office. At least two or three days. So I'm going to get back in the office is going to work for me. But as I said it, I want you guys to welcome Kamara. Kamara is in the building. She's in the building. We're going to add Kamara to the stream. She's in the building. So you go, I ain't seen you in a long time. I know, right? It's been a minute. It's been a long time. I haven't seen you, but good to have you. Welcome to the conversation. It's outspoken and opinionated. You can say whatever you want to say, however you want to say it. We have no qualms over here. No so problem. you want whatever you want to say, you can say it. Uh, we were earlier. I was talking to you know people who are watching about the whole Megan and Harry and all that nonsense that happened and you know, all that good stuff. And so, you know, but we just brought you, but you were in with us and we're going to run straight into you. We're not even going to play with you. So I like to give, so I have known Kamada for over what, like three years now? Yes. We've been like three, three, four years. Three, four years. Yeah. Um, I met Kamada. Kamada and I was part of an, we're, are we still part of the organization? Or? I'm still part of PAL. Okay, so we are we are part of an organization called People for the Advancement of Liberia. And what we did was we created an atmosphere in, or area where Liberians can interact with each other and also get to know more about Liberia. And so that's why I met Kamada. And so Kamada is a showstopper, guys. Don't even let her play with you. She's just, <laughs> she has this cute, cute daughter. She, listen, she has her own YouTube channel. Oh, Lord. She told me the other day, she was like, Mommy, I want my own channel. I want to do, like, blogs and YouTube videos. I was like, okay, you got the right mom for that. I got you. Exactly. And I'm glad that you're brave enough to do this because my son, who is eight, came to me and I told him no. Because personally for me, I don't think, I, my son is very emotional. Uh -huh. And I don't think he's ready for that. Like yeah. I don't think he's ready for that. It's but a lot. he's yeah. not. Yeah, it's a lot, and I think he's ready. But anyway, how are you? How are you been? I'm doing great. Things are looking up. Everything is just moving. You know, I'm so blessed. I'm just. It's yeah. I'm doing good. Good. So I want to take people. I want us to take the people on a journey. Your life. Um, where you. You know how you started this thing because I was telling them earlier that when I met you, you were a teacher. I, yeah, I was a teacher. So teaching has always been a passion for me. I love, I'm an empath. I don't know if you guys know okay. what empath is. It's people that can feel other people's emotions easily and relate to other people's easily. So I'm one of those people. I'm an empath. I can relate to, um, I'm a special, I was a special education teacher. So I can easily relate to those kids. I really enjoyed working with them and helping them build and things like that. But um, I did that for about like three years and I loved it. But I realized that, you know, I have a passion and a talent somewhere else. So I decided to, you know, pursue that. So I'm, I'm, I want to pin a picture uh -huh. for everybody else. So Kamada, a teacher, has a daughter. 
Yes. Working. No, I'm a single mom too. Single mom. Yes. Working, doing everything. And then she likes to take pictures. Yes. I, it's a hobby. I, it's, it's really just not about just taking pictures. I mm -hmm. feel like I'm a visual artist. I like to okay. capture a moment in time. I like to capture, it's something about just capturing a moment in time to seal it for years. You know, like when you're 85, you look at that picture, you remember when you were 20. Like, I want to be the person that did that for you. It's just something about that just makes me feel good. You know what I mean? I like to capture different moments. I like to um, photograph um, unconventional moments, beautiful mm -hmm. moments. And the best part of it is I like to showcase people in a different light, how I see them. So I have a average person who's like, I don't even want to take this picture. And I'll photograph them and be like, wow, I didn't even look at myself like that. Mm -hmm. That is the reward for being a photographer. It's like showing people in a different light than what they see themselves as. So you were living in, you were in Virginia in DMV area and you decided to move to Georgia. Why? Why Georgia? Why Atlanta? Because Atlanta's lit. <laughs> I knew it. Okay, so I'm big on intuition, right? Okay, so okay. I'm big on intuition. I'm big on energy. So my intuition told me, so it was either LA it was either New York, LA, or Atlanta. Those are three states. If you want to make it big for photography or media, that's where you go. So yeah. Cali, I've been to California. It's California is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, the blue skies, the, the red valleys, the red mountains. But I was like, okay, mm, I'm not sure. So mm. New York is just too busy for me. Ah, tell me about it. I, I, I need my space. I need my time. So I was like, what's a good middle ground between those three places? And Atlanta is in the South. It's more, it's slower down here. It's more chill, you know, but it's still moving. So I was like, let me try Atlanta. And I moved here without visiting Atlanta or Georgia. I, I had never been here before I moved here. I okay, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Say that again, because I think people need to hear that. You did what? You did what? <laughs> yeah, you I packed up all my stuff and left, and I had never been here before. Yeah. You packed and, your daughter and everything that you had and I moved to a state that you had no idea about. I took a leap of faith because I I was like, it's time for me to like grow. It's like I was in Virginia. Virginia I love these I love the DMV. Of course. I'm a Are you DMV girl. Everything you know, is Atlanta, I'm always like, well, back in the DMV, they're like, Well, why don't you go back there? Uh, <laughs> like, why'd you come here? I'm always bragging on DMV. I love the DMV. It's for IT professionals. And, you know, my degree is in IT. So I figured like that the government contracting job was my scene, but I'm an artist and it just didn't work out. So I was like, okay, I'm an artist. Where can I go to like, you know, bring my, 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 my dreams to fruition. So it wasn't New York. I've been to New York several times. New York is way too crowded. So Atlanta, I had never been here, but I know it's the South. So I know it's going to be slower. So mm -hmm. I just took a gamble. I just rolled dice and hope for the best. I got a job as a teacher uh -huh. and I found an apartment like five minutes from the job and just packed myself and drove here and hope for the best. <laughs> so, okay. So yeah, my control freak planning person, I can't do that. That is too spontaneous for me because I need to see the apartment. I need to know what's around the apartment, the grocery stores, and all. Like, I need to know all of that. So if you are able to do that, I'm really happy for you. 
And you have done something, like I said earlier, um, before you actually join her, I, say, I think you have done something that most women or most single mothers are afraid to do because you don't want to leave your niche. You don't want to leave yes. your comfort zone. You have your family around you. You have all your friends around here. Yeah. You know, um, especially when you're a single mom, babysitting. You got to think about that. If you want to go hang out, you got to yeah. think about that. I ain't think you think, I ain't think you thought about that I part. That's why I was thinking. I was just like, listen, when I get there, I'm going to deal with it. But I know oh, I okay. have to like move. This is not, so in life, when something is not working, like you try, because I, I was in the DMV for at least five years after college. So I'm like, it's not working. It's mm -hmm. not giving me what I want. I don't feel fulfilled. I'm talented. It's not, I'm not getting recognized here. It's not a place for art. So I'm like, where can I go? I need to go somewhere that artists are more appreciated. You mm -hmm. know, so it was Los Angeles was like the main place, but I didn't really, I've been there before. I'm like, I you know, the scenery, I was like, mm, I'm not sure I'll fit in there. So I was like, okay, I haven't been to Atlanta. Let me try. So I came here, just, I'll find a babysitter. I will find, I found a job though. I got lucky. So being a teacher helps a lot Okay. because you can find a job anywhere in any state. Uh -huh. So I had that advantage, right? So I don't want everyone just packing up their stuff and moving to like another state. <laughs> <laughs> I had Not a really. slight advantage because I am a teacher. So I did a you know interview with different schools in that state and I did a virtual interview and it hired me virtually. So mm -hmm. then I had something to rely. I didn't just pack up with nothing. You know what I mean? So that helped me to just get myself settled here. That's good. So you are living in Atlanta. Um, and yes. so you started. So tell us about the process with your you know, your teacher, you in Atlanta, you're teaching, and then you have a studio. Like, how did all that connect? How did all that happen? So the goal for me when I when I moved, I always wanted my own studio because I'm like, I can do whatever. I can put walls up. I can do whatever. But honestly, before I moved here, that was just like so far-fetched. I'm like, a studio is so expensive. It's a building. I didn't even imagine I could even do it. So when I came here... I got really blessed. And when I say God is amazing, and I'm not the most religious person, I'll, I'll keep it 100. I'm not. But I am spiritual, and God is amazing. Like, God will put you in the right place at the right time and to meet the right people. So when I got here, I think about, like, two months or three months, um, I met a studio owner. He had a, a smaller studio in Atlanta. He had just started, like I'm just starting right now. And mm -hmm. he was looking for photographers. He wasn't a photographer. He just wanted photographers to come in and rent the studio. So I met him when he was first starting out. And I learned a lot from working with him. I was with him for like a year. That's where I learned like the ins and outs of how the business goes, how to get clients, how to run your studio and things like that. And um yeah, so I was there, and I'm like, I can do this. I can do it. You know what I'm saying? It was more confidence. Like, I can do this. Like, I see, like, how it works or whatever. So about, like, nine months after that, I'm like, let me start pursuing getting my own studio, which was scary because I'm like, uh, where's my daughter going to be when I'm in there? Where is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I will tell you this. If you want to do something, it's no excuses. Mm-hmm. Just do it. I, I <laughs> agree. Every because, single fall in place. 
Yep, I agree because I am a testimony of that. I yes. started this and I just jumped in. I was like, ah, two years ago, somebody told me you can do this. I'm not ready. Oh, okay, let's do this. Yeah. And so I started it and it's been good so far. But you have a studio now. You take, you, I mean, your work is amazing. We see your work on Instagram. I'm like, wait, I ain't going to get a photo shoot. I guess I got to go to Atlanta to get a photo shoot. I mean, it's just like, crazy i'm just like she is doing a lot but your name i know your name is part of it but why did you name the studio commodity com, commodified yeah commodified yeah, what wow. a lot everyone asks like what what's the name the name is yeah. not weird but unique or different mm -hmm. so okay so commodified actually a shout out to my cousin sashel dennis he's an actor in la dope amazing actor he okay. was the one, he was leaving my house one day and then he was, I was like, what should I, what should I name myself? Like, should I name myself Kamada? Should I name, he's like, no. He's like, after you take a picture of someone, you have modified them because all your pictures are lit. And after you take their pictures, it's like a different person or it's like a different vibe that they don't have on their Instagram. So you mm -hmm. modify them in a different way. So why don't you combine modify and Kamada? Oh wow! <laughs> After they come to you, they have been commodified, mm -hmm. and I was like, "That's so weird. Leave me alone." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "No, that's what? Like that's so narcissistic. I don't know." And I thought about. It, I was like, "You know what? Well, that's kind of different." So mm -hmm. I was like, I, "I'm gonna try it." And so I just I changed my Instagram name to it, mm -hmm. and it just stuck. That was like two years ago, and then I just stuck with it, and then. And since everyone on Instagram and social media knows me as that, I just stuck with it and give that to my business name. Yeah, and it's very catchy. So I think that's another thing. It's extremely catchy because you want to know what? Kamada what? Like, what is she doing? With, you start to go away. You want, like, am I going to get commodified? Like, what? Because you want to know what is Kamada. Because it's like, what is Kamada? How am I going to get commodified? And so you start to go, like, what's she about to do? Let me check her pictures to see what she can do. Yeah. She's like, oh, a photographer. Oh, so she's going to give me her aesthetic and make me into whatever it is. But I don't know if it's a year or it's been a year and a half or half a year you went on this journey. And it's called the 1,000 Women Tour. Yes. And when I saw it, I, as you can see, I fell in love with it. Because I have an idea yes. of doing something with 100 women. Yes. It's an idea I have in my head. I will tell you off air because I don't want nobody to see my idea. Okay, all right. And I want to do something with 100 women. It's important. And my 100 women are just going to give an idea. I need the age to be progressive per 10. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I have that idea. When I saw your 1,000 women tour, I was like, oh, my God. What is she doing? How is she going to do it? What is it going to be about? And then this week was celebrating international, it's international Women's International Day. Women's Day. Yes. Shout out to us. Yes. I did that earlier, so I will shout out to you, an international woman who's killing it in Atlanta. Thank and you. you of African descent. I think that's something people need to understand. You yes, are roots from li Liberia. <laughs> So yes. people need to understand that. And so you started the 1000 Women Tour. And just from the clip, unfortunately, I can't show the clip because I told the people I ain't got all that. I ain't there yet. <laughs> but <laughs> but the people that you, you know, that have in the clip and stuff like that, it's on my page, people. Go there on the uh, uh, conversation. I spoke in opinion that it's there. But I want you to talk about how did that idea come to be? Okay. 
So this is something I'm so proud about. And it's something I'm going to do for the rest of my life. It's like a lifetime journey. So when I thought about it, I, okay, so what do I love to do? I love to take pictures. I love to capture moments uh, and of women. We can't hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay. Oops. Uh-oh. Well, people, like I always say, you guys already know this is live. This is a live show, so stuff happens. And she's back. I apologize. I was getting a call, but I, I declined. No problem. All right. So I love taking photography, doing photography, especially of women. Men too, but women, just I just have a connection to that. Just because of the frill of it, you know, the art of it. So one day I woke up, I was like, what if I can document um, different cultures around the world and how to do things? Just because I've lived in so many different countries in my life. I've lived in Liberia. I live in different countries in Africa and Europe and um, America. So I was just like, and I noticed like the culture is different. Mm-hmm. Women do things differently. Traditionally, in America, you know, we wear makeup, we contour, we do TikTok, but like in Europe, we do it different. In France, we do it different. In Africa, South Africa, we do it different. And I think that will be beautiful to document, to combine women from all over the world to see how five o'clock in the afternoon, what do they do? We all do the same thing, but we just do it differently. differently. You see what I'm saying? And it, I think it'll be so interesting to see how differently we do those things. Like for example, like we all go to happy hour, but it's no happy hour in Liberia. When I went to Liberia, it's no happy hour. You know what I'm saying? To do a different, to do it, to do it differently over there. And um in China, they don't have a happy hour. They probably do a different thing. The girls meet up are different. So they probably drink tea. I don't know. I haven't been there. <laughs> I'm not gonna speculate. Well I heard a drink but over there. I, I, it's probably like a healthy drink, like, uh-huh. whatever, you know. But I think it'll be cool to like photograph that and document that in time. That's photography is not just a picture. It's is I feel like I'm a journalist too. Like I'm documenting mm-hmm. a moment in time. Yeah. And I'm letting you see it. I think that's so beautiful. So then someone that's in Tanzania or in I don't know, uh Mexico can see what someone in Togo does at five AM in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So Americans, we wake up. Some of us go to the gym. I've been going to the gym at 5 a.m. Didn't want to throw that in, but I'm proud of myself. So yeah, I been doing that. Girl, I, I couldn't wake up. I couldn't Hello? wake up this morning. I couldn't wake up this morning. I, I just rolled over and went back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So we we know we're this um, Westernized society. A culture is obsessed with physical beauty. We're obsessed with how we look. We're obsessed with success and stuff like that. But that's not how the rest of the world works. So it's interesting to see other societies are obsessed with like family. You know, they're obsessed with um, carrying on their lineage more. It's not so focused on me, 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 me. So it's, mm-hmm. I wanted to document how just women, how they look. And then another thing I wanted to document was beauty. Mm. beauty of women in different parts of the world. I think that's really, 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 really super important because we're so hell-bent on what we see, especially on Instagram, social media. Um, we see the same thing. You know what I mean? 
curvy girls, pretty long hair. But like they have so many different beautiful women all over the world. And if they have a chance to get photographed, you know what I mean, and printed, I think that will make it look even more exclusive. So that's another reason why I wanted to do that. And the end goal of this was to make a book that will showcase. So I started in Liberia. Okay. You know, I'm a Liberian girl. I was born there. L-I-B. 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 I'm a Mandingo yeah. girl. Okay. <laughs> so, Mandingo and Basa. So, I like um, it how you went straight in the Liberian English. When you said Mandingo and Basa, Mandingo and Basa. So, but I wanted to start there. And then the, the goal was to go to India next. But COVID mm. happened. So, yes. COVID kind of messed up was... my plans. I was going to go to India and Mexico, but COVID messed up my plans. However, as soon as this whole COVID thing is over, I'm going to jump right back onto it. And mm -hmm. then all the pictures I got in Liberia, I'm going to like journal that. I got 100 women. So goal is to get 100 women from each continent or each country or whatever. Amazing. Right. So I have my 100 from Liberia. So then I'll mm -hmm. get my 100 from India, my 100 from Mexico. And then I'll try to like journal it so you can see what they're doing, the tradition of each time of the day or weddings or you know things like that so you can go through and see that you're oh make you feel like the world is not so small like the mm -hmm. world is huge there's so many things out there you know what i'm saying just to open people's minds up and, and you say that because i know why this is important to me because like i tell people all the time i was raised 75 percent of my life i was raised by my mom yeah. And so my mom played an important role in my life. And so for me, it's like I tell people automatically I'm drawn to women. It's because like, because of my mom and her friends and all that stuff. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, this is so great. Because like you said, I don't think, especially coming from an African culture, we don't celebrate women as much as wow. we should. Yeah. We don't celebrate our mothers, we don't celebrate our sisters and all that stuff. And just one simple thing is that our mothers who gave birth in Africa did not use epidural. If any woman who has given birth with an epidural still feel the pain or still feel the push, can imagine without an epidural, then we can have a conversation. Yes. But that's just one thing for me that I know I cherish. I think our African yeah. mothers aren't celebrated as much as they, yeah. they're supposed to be. And yeah. so I think what I think that your yeah, 1,000 women too, that's why it's drawn to me and all that stuff. Yeah. But if there are people on here who say, you know what? Hey, I am from Spain, but I'm not living in Spain right now. And I would like to be part of the 1,000 uh, 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 women tour. How can they get in contact with you? What can they do? Okay, so the thing about it is, is, is more like travel photography, right? Okay. So like when I was coming to Liberia, I um, I made like, you know, posts, commercials and things like that. I'm coming to Liberia. If you want to be a part of it, send me a message. Okay. I got really lucky because a lot of people were interested and I got a lot of people like sending me messages. And I met up with about like 30 people that were interested in just getting photographed. You know, I met a bride. I met a girl going to a party. She was dressed up nicely in traditional outfit and things like that. So if you will have to wait till I come to your country or okay. where you are for me, you know, for us to work there. And I'll post it on my story or I'll post it on my page that I'm coming, I'm coming. The goal for me is 2022 is to do at least three countries mm -hmm. so I can get it rolling. And then if I have 
at least seven countries, I will release a book and like ship it to Amazon or pitch it to Amazon so I can mm-hmm. get published with Amazon so like it can people can buy and see. So that's a goal for me. But like I said, this is a lifetime thing for me. If okay. I finish with like one book, I'm gonna do another book because I'm just really interested in traveling. I'm mm-hmm. really interested in photography and I love photographing women. So it's everything combined in one. I was like, this, this is a great idea. <laughs> and then the That's rest of the world can see how other people, I feel like we're stuck in our nine to five jobs or we're stuck mm-hmm. in our lives and we're stuck with our problems, our student loans, credit cards, <laughs> you know that what I'm saying? Biden, Biden. Right. There's women that go to the waterfall at five o'clock and take a bath. You know, they're not stuck in the traffic. You know what I'm saying? It's nice to see how the, you're not stuck in this box. There's a mm-hmm. big world outside. So I want to introduce that to my viewers, my clients, or people that are interested in that. And that's amazing. I like what you said because you're correct. At five o'clock in the morning, there are some women that get up and go to yoga. There's some women that roll over and make breakfast for their kids. Exactly. There's some women that go to the stream to collect water. Mm-hmm. In other parts of the world, there's some women who don't who do pray. nothing. They pray. They mm-hmm. pray. I mean, there are so many different things that happen around that time. But at the end of the day, um, I like what you said. There is still some sort of beauty in it. And I think uh, um, focusing on the different beauty aesthetics of different women around the world is so important because we also need to understand that beauty is really different. Yes. In different parts of the world is different it in is. different families and yes. stuff like that. And for us who look at the physical appearance and consider that to be beauty, there are some tradition who really don't look at beauty as physical yes. appearance. They look at what domestic work in this woman do. How many kids can she bear? Um, how many farms can she make? Or how many farms her family exactly. can make? How many exactly. brothers she has that is going, you know, so there are so many things when it comes to beautification of a woman and what so i really really like this talk thank you and i really i'm glad that you're doing it and i'm so pumped that you started in liberia because liberian women are pretty they're beautiful for those who don't know they're amazing women from liberia they are beautiful they are like the women liberia are so beautiful when i went there i was like wow when i talk like their skin they look like you just eat berries all day. Yes, that's it. And it'd be yes. not beautiful, <laughs> hardworking, sweet, like good personality. I really didn't run across anyone where I was just like they had an attitude or anything. Like just nice personality. Yeah, I was nice. in the face with the camera. Like, no, you know, they're just like, take my picture. Like, really just willing to just go with the flow. I was just really impressed. I was like, wow, beautiful women. And different, what I learned because I did leave Liberia when I was really young. Okay. About like six or five or six. So I had this picture of it and the women is a lot of, it's a diverse women there. It's not just one type of woman. There's like Muslim women. There's women that like to party. There's women that like to stay home. Like it's, it's very diverse than you would think. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised at how diverse it is. Um, very successful women. Women that wear suits, that work at the bank, they're into politics. You know, like, I was just like, wow, okay. It's not what I imagined that it would be. So, and when I say they're all positive, I was really impressed. I did a fashion show. 
I went to Marshall by the Atlantic Ocean. I met Mark Gibby. Shout out to Asatu. Mark Gibby. Mark Gibby. <laughs> That was my one of that's my, my Mar sis right there. Yeah. Oh, that's where you're from. No, I have a friend who's from Margibi and she lives there. She has a uh -huh. business there, and she is super Margibi. So I'm giving a shout out to Asatsu. Yes. No, Margibi. Seriously, I was just like when I, I had a best time there. I went, so we went by the sea, we went by the Atlantic Ocean, uh -huh. and I was just like, oh I'm about the Atlantic Ocean right now. It was fishermen coming. I was like, this is so cool. And then it's home, and they're like, get in this um canoe and you can see like the monkeys and the apes on the other side okay you know what i'm talking about the, the other yeah side. i know what you're talking about yeah yeah but i didn't have the courage to do that so i, I but <laughs> I, took, I was like i thought about it i was like i'll get some good pictures but i was like damn i don't know uh, <laughs> but anyway but i did get some pictures of the fishermen and the women helping them to clean the fish and stuff like that and mm -hmm. it was so cool like they would let me take pictures of them like, and they were so happy, like, it's beautiful. And they're happy and it's just out of the time. And I think that is extremely important because yeah. um, I think um, just the fact that you had that opportunity to go back to Liberia, to experience the different culture, to experience a different culture of women. So like I said, as this week was celebrating International Women's yeah. you know, Day, International Women's Week, you had the opportunity to meet different women of different social economic status, different religion. I mean, just different. I mean, because what I have noticed now in Liberia is women are getting getting into politics yes like it is serious like you are not you just don't think you're just going to say something to a librarian woman and wish that was never happening but when it comes to politics a lot of librarian women are getting into politics of course our vice president our vice president is is uh female we have a female vice president um we have a lot of politicians a lot of senators who are female uh, who are women and so i think we're getting to that place where we understand the culture of women because people need to understand that there is a culture of women that certain countries aren't privy to. Because we don't respect, you know, you don't respect like you go into a ballroom or you like for you, like I want to say this, you you are you are in a predominant male uh, 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 industry. Yes, I am. Men take most often a photographer is a male. Yes. Guys take most of the time, and so now that you have. Broken through that industry, you're a woman, you're a woman of color. We got, we got a, people under you're a woman of color. You also a single mom, and you are doing something that you know there are some times where some men are not gonna take you serious. So yeah. as we go into you know the end of this, I just want us to talk about that. Have you experienced any form of sexism or racism as a photographer? All the time. Mm. can you just yeah. it's it's all the time but it's just one of those things where you i don't put too much attention to it because yeah. so it's, it's not like racism because it's like it, you know racism is like the color of your skin photography your work speaks for itself so mm. i don't i've gotten it all the time um can you lift that are you able to, you need help with that you know, because I have to set up the backdrops. I have to set up exactly. I have to, when I do music videos and film, I have this heat, heavy gimbal that I have to carry. And I'll, have, I'll hear someone say sometimes, like, do you want me to help you hold that? You know, stuff like that. Like, you're not strong. You know, it's always about strength with that. Because photography comes with um, 
a lot of setting up, you know, of equipment. So um, I don't really buy into it. I act like I don't care and just keep moving. My mm -hmm. work would speak for itself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's how I do it. And I don't really want to feed into it. I don't want to be the girl that's like, oh, I didn't get that because I'm a girl. Like, no. I don't even, I don't let any obstacles block me. So, male, female, president, not president. If I want to get to somewhere, I will do my best and just shoot forward and see what happens and hope for the best. You know what I mean? And give my best work. So I don't really buy into it too much. So, awesome. But it awesome. is there. Okay. Because yeah. uh, I want to, why I asked that question, I said, I think because there might be women out there who are trying, who might want to do this, but yeah. they're scared of, you know, there's so many men, uh, there's so yeah. many men around you, they yeah. might not respect you as a photographer, yeah. they might not respect your craft. Yeah. They might female. respect your, uh, yeah. I'm a, um, so it's, it's really is a male dominated industry. It's probably 90% male and 10% women. There, I will be, proud to say I've noticed there are more female photographers coming now mm -hmm. but even when I was in college my class had two percent females like media and film and things like that it's just a male-dominated industry most girls are not interested in this and that's fine that's just like saying like um I don't know football you won't find too many female football athletes yeah. it's similar it's it's very technical very you have to and I have a disadvantage because I have a partner. His name is Gabriel. He works with me and he's a guy. So I noticed that like, like with, with like electrical stuff and technical stuff, he used like on it and like to put the backdrop up, he knows how to do it and he can screw stuff in the wall and he can move stuff. And I'm just like, wow, like I don't know how to do it. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a disadvantage a little bit because I'm not females, most females, not all females, because I know some mm -hmm. handy females, but most of us are not handy. We don't know how to like fix a plug when it messes up and stuff like that. So it is a little bit of a disadvantage for me, but I think that's just like 10% of a disadvantage and I have a huge advantage, you know what um, I mean, as yeah, being yeah. a female photographer because women feel more comfortable with me and a lot of people that shoot are women. So yeah, was, a lot of I was going to ask that. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask that because I know, like, so recently I had to do, uh, uh, I had to do a photo shoot, and I don't like taking pictures, honestly speaking. Why not? I hate it. I don't like it. I think it's stressful. You're, you got, you're handsome. Either. It's extremely stressful, and so I don't like it. Thank you. But I don't like it because it's stressful. And so the guy who, um, so, you know, the guy, the team decided to bring on board for me to use and all that kind of stuff. I told him straight up. I said, I don't like this. I just want to let you know, I don't like this. And so I might give you a hard time. And he was just like, why don't you? I said, I don't like it. He said, but you talking on it. I said, I don't like taking pictures. I hate it. And I don't like it. He and said, so no. the good thing is we had a great time. Like me and him, he was like, how you gonna say you don't like this when you're doing all of this? And so I don't know how I did it, but I did it. But so I have a level of respect for photographers. Okay. Because you guys go way above and beyond what the time yeah. you do. And looking at, you know, when you aren't, um, there are things that, like I said, I have, oops, I have a friend who is a makeup artist. And I didn't know, you know, um, I didn't know also, you know, when somebody tell you, oh, to do a makeup is $200 or 
or to take a picture is four hundred dollars. You like what? To take pictures, I should give you four hundred. Like, are you kidding me? And so people out there don't understand the stress that comes with you guys, what you guys do, and all the different things that happen. Don't worry, girl. This is a live show, so we expect all of these to happen. Take time. <laughs> I was trying to situate my um my fix your fix it, and we are here. We are I here. I have to just put it up if you guys don't mind. Back into the thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're right ahead, but we're still here. But as yet. And so I think you guys do a lot. Um, like I said, guys, this is live, so you're gonna have this. Okay, there we can go. Can you guys still see me? Yes, we can. In living color, live and direct. But as I was saying, you know, um, a lot of times people don't respect photographers, they don't respect makeup artists. What do you think? Like, are you kidding me? And so I think I had that notion before until I started doing this job. And I realized like the sacrifice and how much time you guys put in. Because all the things that I told them to do, I was just like, seriously? Like for this? And the time yeah. you guys spend on your craft is important because after you take the pictures, you go and edit it, you do all that stuff. So, you know, um, I want to know what's next for a commodity field. What, what, so, what's next for commodity? So, commodified. I'm sorry. You're fine. So for me, I honestly, I'm not in this to be famous. I'm not in this to be, to make, well, the money will be great, but I really, I genuinely like doing this to be honest. And so I'm happy because as a human, I found my passion and what I was called to do. You know, like they say like the best days of your life is when you're born and when you figure out what you are born, what you are put on the earth to do. Yes. So I figured out what I was put on the earth to do was to be a visual artist. And mm -hmm. it could look like a photograph. It could look like a film. It could look like a book that I'm, you know, making for my counseling tour. Whatever it looks like, that's what I was born to do. It's just to expose people to different ideas and different things. So for me, I just want to keep going. I want my, my biggest goal is, and they say when you push your goal into the air, you have to do it. So I'm yes. going to put out to the air. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I'm going to do it. I want to shoot the cover of Vogue. That would be a beautiful day for me. That would be a huge goal because getting the cover of Vogue is momentum. There's thousands of photographers, okay? Only the best get to shoot a cover of Vogue. So I feel like I can shoot the cover of Vogue. Of course and I'm going to shoot the cover of Vogue. It's oh, just yeah. a matter of time and exposure and just working hard. And then my second goal is, I'm like, if I shoot this person, I can just retire. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to photograph Rihanna. I that's my favorite artist. Why Rihanna? Just because since I was like 18, Rihanna has been just a staple person in my life, like her music and stuff. If I can photograph her, I would have made it in my photography dreams when I went through. So that's a goal that I have. I just want a cover to photograph Rihanna. And it's not like I'm chasing like that fame or whatever. I'm chasing to just get better. I'm in competition with myself. Mm -hmm. So every day I try to get better than I was the day before. And then you will get recognized for your work. If you keep going, you get recognized. So that's why I'm looking at it. And then um, last thing I want to do is 
when I do accumulate funds or, you know, money or whatever from what I'm doing, it's just to give back to Liberia. And um, I have a sanitation project that I want to do just to clean up. That's one thing I saw that I didn't like is it was the sanitation is not good over there. Uh. Yes. I was like, wow, I was just flabbergasted. Like I walked, I took, I did an experiment. I walked for 20 minutes. I went to the marketplace and walked for 20 minutes, just up and down, just taking pictures and was looking for one trash can. Just one. I didn't find one trash can in 20 mm -hmm. minutes of walking. That's not good. Mm -hmm. In a marketplace with food and stuff. So that's a project I would really, really love to do if I had the funds and like the backing for it just to get like different you know, trash cans, especially in the marketplace area for, you know, and then people come and pick it up every day to declare, like, to, to stop the bad sanitation over there. Uh, yeah, that's important. But, yeah. you know, um, goals are important. Yeah. And you should have goals. And I know your studio and you are going to do great because we have seen you over the years and we've seen how you progress from everything that you've done for everything you've touched from how committed you are when you get on something like i told people earlier i've worked with you before so i know how you're committed amazing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> i try i try i try but you have done so much i think for women who are watching and for women around the world what you're doing for a young woman of color is important because a lot of girls aren't privy to be in america I'm privy to have the opportunities that we have and that we can use. Like I type of like the platform that I have. A lot of people don't have that. So we have to take advantage of what we have and to make it work for the people that can't be here. And so for what you're doing and going back to Liberia, I just want to let you know that I will be going back to Liberia in December with Runway Liberia. Oh. So the conversation, outspoken and opinionated, is going to be in Liberia, December twenty third. We are going to be going live from Lila Brown, one way Liberia. So, so you're welcome. You need to think about it, and you should come on. So I she should. is. I really it's going to be great. Really it's going to be an entire fashion week, and oh, so goodness. she is doing different things, and so photography, mm -hmm. makeup, whatever it is. Oh, we're going to we're going to talk after this yeah. but yes people conversation is going to be on the road december 2021 that's amazing but kamada i want to tell you thank you for accepting um just for accepting this invitation for being here for having a conversation with me i appreciate you the work that you're doing in atlanta the work that you're doing around the world means a lot and i want you to know that it means a lot continue doing what you're doing and we say thank yeah. you for being on here because we appreciate you. Thank you. I listen, guys. EJ is so amazing. When he gave me this opportunity, I was just like, "Wow!" Thank you for thinking of me. He is a. He's gonna go far, y'all. Follow him. Do all that. He's amazing. He really is. He's intelligent. He's awesome. I've known him for a while. Like he's amazing. So, like, I'm just I'm blessed to be on here. And thank you again for having me on here. And thank you for being here. And so, you know, as we do end the show, I want to say um, you need, if you haven't, if you live in the area of Atlanta, uh, you travel, right? 
you can travel to take pictures. She travels. Travel, yes. I yep, she travels. So reach out to her. She's on Instagram. Um, you see her name. Um, it's here. Uh, uh, um, she will commodify you. You in so they commodify you. She will commodify you. But we say yes. thank you for being here and you have an amazing week. And this was the conversation with Commodify. And have a good evening. Bye, guys. Bye.